always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. 807 here with you for another hour on a Saturday morning. Thank you so much for all of the calls. Great dialogue. That gives me energy. You have no idea how low energy I am by Saturday mornings. Because like early mornings, Monday through Friday, man, I get up at 3 o'clock, get to the traffic center by 4.30, work a morning. And then I, I get to sleep in a little bit on Saturdays. My alarm goes off at 4.45 on Saturdays. Woohoo! Get to sleep in an extra two hours. Um, so it's tough sometimes. I, mean, I love the show and I have so much fun, but just getting your really good calls gives me so much energy. Thank you so much. And I know some of you call, you hang on for a few minutes and you get discouraged because I don't get to calls all that quickly. But somebody last hour did call and talk to DeMarco um, about storing seeds, which I love that. And I talked earlier in the show about the seeds that I got from Adams Briscoe Seed Company in Jackson. So excited when I received the seeds in the mail uh, for pumpkins. So I planted three varieties of pumpkin seed about a week and a half ago, and they're already starting to come up. They're so cute. So now's a good time to do that if you want to have some pumpkins in time for Halloween or Thanksgiving. But nevertheless, so you store seeds. Uh, there's a debate about how long they stay viable, how long they stay good. Three years, I would think, is about max. Um, but So it's fun. If you want to harvest the seeds, you put them in a paper bag, and they're dry, but let them dry out even further in a, just an open paper bag. And then when you shake the paper bag, a lot of the, the seeds fall out of the pod, and you can kind of separate out what you want. But make sure, I mean, the key is that they're really dry, whether it's on uh, a paper towel or newspaper. Let them air dry for about a week is what you want to do. But label them right on the paper towel or right on the newspaper what you've got. And then an airtight container is really, really good, whether it's a mason jar or something like that. And they've got to stay in a, a cool, dry place. So honestly, the refrigerator is great. If they're labeled and they're in there, they're in a safe place. Um, and some people even use, and I know y'all are going to be nodding your heads to this, like dry powdered milk. Um, if you put that at the bottom of the jar, that can kind of help, I guess, leak some of the leach, some of the moisture out. Um, but dry powdered milk, save the seeds, label them three years. They'll do just fine. Um, long lived seeds, some that do a little bit better if you push them to their limit. Beets, cucumber, which cucumber, I wouldn't even think that'd be worth the trouble. Just go buy a cucumber plant, uh, eggplant, lettuce, tomato, and some of the seeds to use the quickest that you don't want to try to push to three years, corn, onion, and pepper. So it's just always best to use the seed as quickly as possible for uh, the fastest germination and growth. And you're going to have some duds. So account for that too. If you really want three plants, maybe plant eight or nine seeds, and then you'll just be super lucky, but make sure you space them uh, apart properly and plant all the seeds at the right depth as well. Do a little bit of research. Go to uh, the University of Georgia's extension page. You can research seed depth and spacing and all of that. So you make sure you do it right. 404-872-0750. Dawn in Kennesaw. Good morning. Welcome to Greeny Growing. Hey, good morning, Ashley. Hey. Yeah, I heard you talking to a, a, a woman that was having some trouble with her gardenias, I believe. She said they look mottled and yellow. Yeah, Julia in the last hour, and we kind of thought that might be whitefly. What do you think? Well, I have I've had some problems with the gardenias over the years. I have some August Beauty that I've had probably 20 years, and They'll go from time to time, and they'll start look yellow, and leaves will fall off. And um, I, it turns out it's a fertilizer problem for me. I put get the Miracle Grow, and 
uh, once a week for about three or four weeks, I put out some miracle Grow on it. Uh, I, but before that, I will cut them down to about 12 inches from three foot high. I cut them down to 12 inches, uh-huh. and they come back like they just came right out of the nursery. They're all bushy and everything. They're just really robust. And wow. this is, I've done it, you know, two and three times over the last 20 years. Okay, so, so yeah, it uh, never your leaves never get to the point where they're just so unhealthy that the plant just starts dropping the leaves because that's really when we could have a irreversible problem. So does it happen later in the season for you too? Well, actually, it looks it gets it it'll look like the the leaves drop off and the plant just looks like it's not going to make it. Yeah, and it looks bad. So you have nothing to. I said, well, the first time I did it, it said you have nothing to lose. Cut it back to twelve inches and and fertilize it. And it just sprouts, and it's come. Of course, I did this probably. I did this in June this year, uh-huh. so it may be too late for that now because you may get, you know, maybe too tender uh, later on or something. But the fertilizer, as far as uh, that, might be a, a quick solution with the Miracle Grow to see, and, it, and you'll see it perk up, you know, within, you know, two three weeks. Okay, if, so if it's just a fertilizer problem. You pruned them in June and had good good luck. Yes. Okay, great. Yeah, and the miracle grow, I could understand that. That's boosting it a little bit because the temperatures are still so warm throughout the summer that that plant's still using that energy and still wanting to, you know, put out flushes of new growth and stuff like that. So the miracle grow just gives it a little bit of a boost. Well, that's great news, Don. So nothing fatal by any means for Julia and her gardenia. No, they're really they're really they they come back and I know she's, white flies you can't miss. You can just walk by if they're having a white fly problem, it'll just swarm you as you, you, you touch the plant as you go by. So right. you should know that's the white fly. It makes you know? me think of Pigpen from Peanuts, how he just walks around with a cloud around him. I mean, that's kind of what white fly yeah, look like, it, isn't it? It's like that. Yes, it yeah. is. Well, so, thank you, Don. I really appreciate you taking the time to call in, and I hope Julia's still out there listening. Thank you. All right. I listen to you, Ashley. Thank Bye-bye. you. Call in any time. I love it. 404-872-0750. Hey, good morning to Red and Griffin. You're listening to uh, Greeny Growing. What's going on? Uh, how you doing this morning? Very good. Is it Red, R-E-D? Is that your name? That would be me. I love it. Is that short for anything, or is that a nickname? That's uh, just a nickname. I used to have red hair, and I don't have as much of it, but <laughs> I still kept the name. Good. I love it. Well, uh, how can we be of service to you today? I was trying to find out the best way to, to kill poison oak and ivy. I've got some growing on some buildings around my house and everything. I've done a little research as far as what might do it. I'm to get your opinion on it. Okay, um, and, and you're making sure when you say poison ivy, it's got the three leaves, not the five that's crawling up the side right. of the building, right? Right, okay. right, yes yep. ma'am. Because a lot of people will see that five leaf, and, and Virginia creeper really goes vertical too and confuse it with poison ivy. But you got poison ivy, you got the three leaves. So what I have had success with, and oh my gosh, I battle it every year, I've got terrible, terrible reactions to poison ivy, but it grows just tremendously in my in my juniper, you know, my ground cover juniper. So I use bio-advanced brush killer. Bio-advanced yeah. brush killer. It used to be bear, uh, bear advanced, but they changed over the name. So bio-advanced, it's in a blue bottle, but that brush killer, the active ingredient, which is more than you need to know, I suppose, but triclopyr. Triclopyr really gets to a lot of the viney, 
weedy things that we don't want. So just one application, if applied properly, it can kill the poison ivy, poison oak. Kudzu is going to be a little tough. Um, it could even really start to wear away at some stumps as well. So I would do that, and you want to do it when the leaves are totally dry. You know, you spray it on the surface of the leaves, and you'll watch in less than a week, those leaves will start to wilt away. Okay. Have you ever heard that uh, about using you know, like a gallon, a gallon of water, of, I think a cup of salt, and some dish, dish detergent? Have you ever heard of that? I haven't, but I can see why somebody would say that because uh, a surfactant is what the Dawn or the dish detergent is a surfactant, so it breaks down like the oils on the leaves. Um, so I could see that, you know, it cuts grease, so that's that's the point of it. And the salt, I guess, I'm thinking, I don't know if that has so much to do with the soil as it does maybe, you know, burning the leaves. Um, so that, scientifically, I could kind of see how that works, but I wouldn't be for sure. Okay. Yeah, and as, as far as the ratios, I'm not really sure. I know if you're talking about a gallon sprayer and you've got a gallon of water, I know there's not a lot of dish detergent that needs to be used for sure. I mean, it's like in the teaspoon or the tablespoon range. Right, right. Well, I mean, sup supplement some of it, yes, ma'am. Yeah, yeah. So just do it on a dry day and have at it. I mean, really, one application should really do it. And um, triclopyr, just if you can't find the bio-advanced, the brush killer, just something with triclopyr. That's the active ingredient that's going to be best for those, those viney kind of weeds. Will that get to the roots as well? Uh, no, not so much. I mean, what it's doing is it's, you're spraying it on the surface of the leaves. So when the leaves die, they don't have a way, the rest of the plant doesn't have a way to get energy. So I guess it does, does kind of like die back slowly. Um, but it's probably going to come back in the same places next year. So it's just a matter of kind of applying this every year as you see it necessary. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks, Red. I appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. Drive safe out there. No traffic red alerts with you guys today. Mike Shields, God bless him in the traffic center, started off the morning at 6 a.m. with three interstates shut down at one point. So y'all be careful. Slow down. 404-872-0750. right, we're going to talk to Joseph and McDonough coming up. And Pepe and coming. I know you've been holding uh, Indian plant or curry plant. Uh, some, some problems with that. And AJ in Woodstock getting a crepe myrtle from another property. Will it die? Hopefully not. So we'll give you the best practices for that. And you could propagate it too, rather than taking the whole crepe myrtle from one place to another, because they can get fairly large. Propagating it from a cutting is something really easy to do too. So we'll have your calls. And then coming up at 830, we're going to talk to Allison from Pike Nursery. And she's going to be sharing some information about succulents with us too. So you want to listen in for that. I've got a favorite. I definitely have a favorite succulent. And I put a video of it up on the Facebook page already. So check that out. Go to Green Growing WSB. Just search for that on Facebook and like or follow the Facebook page. And you'll see what video I'm talking about. It's really fun. I'm such a nerd when I was at home making that video yesterday. Okay, anyways, it's 818. We're going to step out, check traffic and weather. I'm Ashley Frasca. We'll be right back on Green and Growing on WSB. A little bit of Hootie and the Blowfish this morning on 95.5 WSB. Hey, thanks for listening to Green and Growing. I so appreciate it. We are in the sixth month of this show, 
And I hope I still have a lot of you on board <laughs> that were still on board in February when the show started. And great calls today, too. So first, let me update the weather for you so you can plan. If you're just waking up and you have no idea what the weather is going to do today, it doesn't look great. Um, it's already around 75 degrees, 70% chance for showers, says Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz. A high of around 87. And then tomorrow, the rain chance, he actually just updated it from 20% down to 10. So tomorrow's looking pretty good, mostly sunny, a high of around 90. So that's really good news. Uh, visit the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. We're having some great conversations off the air uh, in the commercials. I just had someone message me and ask what that um, Poison Ivy product was. I think that was Vicky. Vicky asked what the poison ivy product was that we were just talking about. So that is bio-advanced brush killer um, that I was talking to the gentleman about, about getting rid of poison ivy. It works. It works, too. 404-872-0750. Pepe incoming. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being so patient. How can I help? Hi, yes. So, you know, like so I have this curry plant which is supposed to be um, dark green, and it's actually a leafy plant. And I've had it since 2005 in a pot, and you know, in the winter I used to bring it. I bring it inside the house. And the last couple of years, uh, it's not growing as healthy as it's supposed to be, and the leaves are turning yellow. This is a, actually like you know, the new plants are coming up, and that, that seems to be fine. Mm-hmm. But the original old plants, it's yellowing, and the leaves are also like wilting. Oh, they're like, not full, not full. Uh, fully grown okay so the leaves are yellowing and then they wilt yeah okay so what i'm wondering pepe if have you transplanted it into a larger pot at any point that is a long time ago you know like i've transplanted it long time ago i might want you to do that um if you can take a a straw or a popsicle stick or something long like that and just slowly push it down into the soil and if you have resistance when you do that there's a lot of roots, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But if there's a lot of resistance trying to push something down into the soil, you may have more roots than, you know, are healthy in that small contained area. So when you think about transplanting something, you go up only about an inch in a one inch larger pot than what it's in now. Um, that may be something to think about because when, when we talk about houseplants and the leaves are yellowing, that's, that's a water issue. Um, and sometimes it can be too much water. Sometimes it can be a water deficiency. It's really tough to tell. But anything you keep in the home, you know, you want to keep it in the proper sunlight. You want to keep it away from any vents or anything, whether you've got the AC. No, but this or... is outside. This oh. is outside in bright sun in my on my deck. I'm saying like in the winter, I bring it inside. Okay. So you've noticed the yellowing leaves now that it's outside. Right. Yeah, so maybe maybe a little too much sun for right now. And before you bring it inside, that is a great time to check it out and make sure whether or not it needs to be transplanted. Get all that squared away and settled in before bringing it indoors um, as you're still in the last weeks or so of having it outside. I honestly think that's it, Pepe. And the good thing about houseplants like this, you've got the uh, the curry plant, the Indian plant, they don't need a lot of fertilizer, but look into that as well. Uh, you don't want to do it when it's when it's water stressed, but once you make sure you're regularly watering and you've got the new growth, which is great, a little small application here and there of fertilizer is going to be good for it. So sorry I misunderstood that it wasn't inside now, it's outside. It just could be getting a little too much sun and not enough water. So start with that. I would think I would think the yellowing leaves would be right now a sign of 
of not enough water. So water deeply and less frequently. Don't go out there and dump a cup of water on it every day. That's not what we want to do because then you're just kind of teasing the roots of the plant. So when you water, whether it's once every five days or seven days, one good watering should do just fine. Thank you very much for the call. We're going to talk to Allison from Pike Nursery with some information about succulents coming up and more calls. AJ and Leanne and Joseph and Linda, all of you stay tuned. Thank you for calling in. We'll be back on Green and Growing. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. A couple of days ago when I was in the traffic center, I think it was on Thursday morning, I had Mike who was uh, driving around, spotted an issue, spotted a crash, and he called the traffic center to tell me how much he liked the music for the show. That, that made my day. That was really nice. So, Mike, I hope you're out there listening. Good morning if you are. Everybody drive safely out there. It's been a little bit of a crazy morning with uh, wrecks and things like that, and it's not even raining, so I don't know what the issue is. But just uh, allow yourself plenty of time to get from point A to point B this weekend. And I hope you do it safely. We're going to get to more calls, 404-872-0750. We have about 15 more minutes left to take those. But first, I want to say good morning to Allison Smith calling from the East Cobb Pike Nursery. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, Ashley. How are you today? Very good and better now that I'm talking to you. And the East Cobb store that you manage, that is like Johnson Ferry and Shaliford, isn't it? Exactly right. Yes, ma'am. Fun store. Fun store. Well, thank you for coming back on. And I love the topic today. I've already kind of alluded to it, but what do you have for us today? Oh, boy. Today we're going to talk about some succulents and a specific one, purslane, that's one of our uh, favorites in the greenhouse. Can I just say, purslane is one of my favorites, too. I've already posted a video of it on the Facebook page on Green and Growing WSB. Early in the summer, Allison, I... I had somebody set me straight. I'm not going to lie. I was wrong. I was interchangeably saying purslane and portulaca when they are similar plants, but they're actually two different plants. But I've just always been amazed at the delicate little flower, the bright colors, and just how resilient they are and how much they love full sun. Absolutely. It is one of our favorite succulents in the garden, not only um, mostly for uh, container gardens because uh, it's a great trailing annual and it thrives in the heat. Um, there are amazing colors of the blooms. We've got them in pinks, oranges, yellows. On top of that, they attract pollinators like happy bees and beautiful butterflies. So a win-win all across the board. Um, they're also water-wise, mm-hmm. which means they don't require loads of watering every morning. Um, because they're in the succulent family, they hold their water in their leaves, stems, and both. And that's perfect if, if you're just one of the forgetful types that you're not really good about watering and you, it's a bed you don't walk by all the time. So these really are very, they do hold water very well. And when I'm talking about the video, Allison, and you guys probably see this in the greenhouse, I mean, I know there's morning glories and certain flowers that you can literally, you know, see open up in the morning and close at night. But this is one of those. Every morning, if I'm lucky enough to make it home by about 10 a.m., sit on the back deck, I can watch over about 
15 to 20 minutes, each of those flowers slowly opening. And then by five or six o'clock in the evening, they close up. So they're kind of a one-time bloomer in that that flower, once it opens and then closes for the day, it's done. But you can guarantee the next day, more buds, more new flowers. They're just loaded with blooms. They're so pretty. Absolutely. I've got uh, clients and friends who enjoy having their morning coffee right next to their planters with purslane just to see those beautiful blooms open up and wake up with them. Ah, It's so much fun. So when we're talking about succulents like purslane, like we're talking about now, a broad category, but a lot of folks are just thinking like cactus or aloe or something like that. Um, So y'all, of course, got all of that in stock as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, succulents in, encompass a lot of different categories there. Cacti, which a lot of people know about. Aloe, uh, there are echeverias. Amazing shapes. They have very clean lines, which make them you know, kind of architectural and modern looking. Of course, they're easy to grow because they're heat tolerant. And as we mentioned, uh, take little water. One of the benefits that a lot of people forget about succulents is there are succulents that will take our Georgia winners, like hmm. stonecrop sedums, sempervivums, which a lot of people know as hens and chicks, one of my favorite names of a plant. <laughs> and what There's about great... um, prickly pear cactus? Is that Are we able to overwinter that? You know, it does do well. You'll see some uh, in yards uh, throughout um, the city and the metro they're really beautiful, and if you've got a lot of full sun, because remember, these are succulents. They need six-plus hours of direct sunlight when we're talking about uh, succulents in the yard. Okay, and one last question for you. So when we head by a Pike Nursery, pick up a succulent, whether it's for a gift or something we want to keep outside and then you know move in in the wintertime, how do we go about potting that properly when we buy it? Can we just leave it in the container that we buy it in, or what's the soil mix you recommend to, to move it over to? That's a fantastic question. So succulents require excellent drainage. So they they prefer a soil that's uh, not as moist as our regular potting soil. Don't worry. If you've got extra potting soil in the house that you want to use, you can easily amend it by adding some sand preferably a coarse sand and perlite. We also offer, offer at Pike a special cactus mix that already has uh, the right mixture to provide that good drainage. Other fun tips, you can add some rocks to the base of your container when you transplant it and get your little garden container going with your succulents. Um, plants that we prefer and think do best with our succulents are also our pot planters rather, are terracotta Mm -hmm. and uh, ceramic pots. We also offer a variety of those here. And you said like too, with the architectural lines and all of that, I mean, that's cool ceramic pottery just kind of contributes to that look too with the aloe and things that are just sharp edges and stuff, right? Absolutely. It looks great in an office, in your kitchen, even on your porch. Well, thank you so much for calling, Allison. And where can folks find out more about uh, the, the topic that we had today? Well, we encourage everyone to stop by our stores, of course, and we can help you look at the purslane or any of our variety of succulents. Also, you can find your closest Pike Nursery by going to our website, which is pikenursery.com. And you can always follow us on Instagram and Facebook for garden inspiration and, of course, timely garden tips. Nice. Thank you, Allison. Well, have a good morning, and I hope folks head over to the East Cobb store on Johnson Ferry and say good morning to you all. Thanks so much, Ashley. Have All a great day. You too. We'll have you on again soon. Thank you. 404 Up next, AJ in Woodstock. Good morning.
What? Hey, Ashley, how you doing? I'm great. What's going on? Oh, I love your show. Thanks. Um, well, um, we remove ivy all over the city of Atlanta, and we have an abandoned property that has a whole bunch of crepe myrtle trees. Mm-hmm. And they said just, um, if you want them, take them. So um, I was just curious. I don't know anything about, you know, re- replanting those trees. Will they have to do something uh, special or not really propagation. I was like, winter, what? Yeah. So, okay. Here's, you got a couple of different options there. Like digging up a crepe myrtle may be kind of tricky. Cause like you said, you've gotten rid of a lot of growth in the area and stuff. So you're going to have to kind of get all that out of the way first, dig really, really deep to get all the root systems. And you know how big the root systems are with crepe myrtles. Cause they constantly shoot up suckers, you know, away from the parent plant um, and falls the best time to really move a tree or a shrub from one place to the other because there's not as much heat stress. Um, but so propagating a crepe myrtle, here's what you want to do instead, maybe instead of moving the whole tree, because I know some of those crepe myrtles can get 30 feet tall. So you take a cutting, just, you know, really sharp shears, pruners, leave three to four nodes on the, the stem that has a cutting and several of the leaves. So honestly, when you're looking for three or four nodes, that could just be, you know, a piece that you've cut off that's six inches. It could be about nine inches. It just depends. But leave the nodes, the leaves on there. And then all you need to do is place each of those cuttings in like a well-drained rooting medium. So a a potting soil is perfect that doesn't stay too wet. And just put them each in their own little pot. Leave that in a shaded area. And then keep them moist by putting like a plastic Ziploc bag over the top, like a clear plastic bag. And then like maybe putting a rubber band down around the bottom. You're putting it on upside down, but putting a rubber band so the moisture stays in there, almost like a greenhouse effect. And then the cuttings root in three to four weeks. And then, AJ, that's going to be the perfect time when you could actually move those to the ground. I mean, that sounds a little easier than all that digging, doesn't it? <laughs> well, I think you just answered my question because it's going to be really, really uh... Well, it's hot out anyway, and uh, doing all that digging and then hauling a big tree away. Uh, yeah, so the cutting from the way. tree itself or even a sucker from the ground out around it, you could even pull up a sucker and be able to do the same thing and root it the same way. But you will have luck. I mean, crepe myrtles, even if you did dig, dig it up now and, you know, replant it and move it, they are so forgiving. You know, people just prune them and butcher the heck out of them, and they're just so resilient. So I think you've you've got a good opportunity there. And if you want, um, hit me up on the Facebook page later if you kind of need that step-by-step again of propagating them in the, in the potting soil because I could definitely repost that for everybody's, um, you know, further review later. Okay, it sounds great. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, AJ. Have a good Saturday. Up next, we'll stay in Woodstock, up in Cherokee County, and say good morning to Linda. Hey, good morning, Linda. Good morning. How are you? I am good, and I am puzzled. Why did you plant Chinese privet? <laughs> well, you know, the sign said um, the sign said deer resistant, and uh, they would be yellow all year long. So I thought, well, okay, so let me put some color out there so that you know all year round I got some yellow. Yeah, but. There, I planted six of them, and two of them are only have about five percent leaves left. Wow! So and, and you know, it did say deer resistant, so I thought, well, okay, this might be a good uh, plant. Yeah, Chinese but, privet is is invasive, but the white flowers are really attractive, and the scent of it too early in the summer is so attractive. But does it look like something is just? I mean, is the whole leaf gone, or is the leaf chewed into? It's pretty much just the stems left. They're they're smaller. They're only like a foot and a half, 
because I, you know, I bought them, you know, smaller, so mm-hmm. that eventually they would grow into it. But um, I think there's a couple of stems that might have some leaves left, but I would say 95% of the leaves are gone on those stems. And uh, I'm wondering, is it a goner, or should I try to protect it? I think I, I would, I would. Give it, give it a chance. I think it's going to rebound just fine because Chinese privet is so invasive. It's really, really strong. So I know without a lot of leaves, it's it's kind of worrisome. Um, but I would go ahead and just let it be. But we really want to figure out what's getting to them. I'm kind of looking on these lists that I've got of some of the more deer-resistant plants. Um, and I don't right away see Chinese privet on there. But that doesn't mean something. Yeah, something's getting to it. So, But I think it's okay, Linda. I can give you the good advice just to leave it. And let it be, and then maybe wait a little bit, maybe closer to the fall to start doing a little bit of pruning, not too late into the fall, but prune it a little bit just to kind of keep it under control and, you know, let let it stress out a little less. Because uh, when you prune, it's not going to have as much to keep up with. And it should be okay. Okay, so let me ask you, when you say it's invasive, because there's small little shrubs that were supposedly going to get up to three to three feet, four feet wide. If it's if it's the variety and I can't say the the Latin name, but it's it's in a, a classification with master gardeners, same as kudzu, of how invasive Chinese privet could really be. So if you want, if you're on Facebook, do you want to send me a picture? Because I'll make sure we're talking about the same thing. Yeah, because this is like just a shrub. It's not really a vine. It's a shrub, almost like a. I have some uh, hydrangeas kind of close to it, and they're not touching that. Yeah, because the Chinese privet that I'm picturing, like, it grows up just everywhere, but against a chain-link fence, and in a matter of a year, it got, like, six feet tall. Oh, yeah, no, no, this one's a a gentrification shrub, but I'm going to send you a photo if that's okay. Yeah, if you will. I'm going to remember that you called, and, um, yeah, go to Green and Growing WSB, and then private message me there and send me a picture, because I want to make sure I'm even advising you correctly, because if if it's not Chinese privet and it's something else, then we may be able to figure out what's taking the leaves off too. So thank you, Linda. I look forward to getting a picture and Joseph will be with you in just a minute. Leanne and Loganville, stay tuned. We're going to take a break. We'll be back on Green and Growing. Weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, a high around 87. The rain chance is 60 to 70 percent, so just be prepared for that. But it's dropped down to only 10 percent tomorrow, a mostly sunny day, high of around 90. I've got time for two more calls, 404-872-0750. You'll have to call that for Dave Baker or Green and Growing next Saturday. But Joseph and McDonough will get you in here from Henry County. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's going on with your blueberries? Well, I've had so much rain this year, my blueberries have grown and gotten so tall, I can't uh, get up to the top of them picking on. I'm just wondering when I can prune them down some. So you're coming up to a time to prune for sure, and depending on whether you've got high bush or rabbit eye, a lot of times we don't even have to prune those until they get somewhere between four to six feet, which yours are probably that large by now, right? Oh, yes, already got larger than that. <laughs> okay, yep. So now starts when they're established like that and they get to be that size, kind of the cane renewal pruning, which is a little more strategic than just going in there and, and shearing them all off to the same height. So cane renewal is more or less just being real selective about the the canes that you prune out. And, like, I think with the uh, – I may be getting them confused, but I think with the rabbit eye – 
those are tricky in how it's almost like a five-year process so that you're removing the old ones and the new ones come in and you're doing it in such a way that you're not going to minimize the fruit production that you get. So Joseph, I know DeMarco got your email address for me and I'm going to send you that publication from um, the University of Georgia Extension because it's got diagrams, which I operate much better looking at a picture rather than trying to verbalize it to somebody and then you'll hang up and kind of forget what we talked about, but very easy. So so you're getting upon the time, give it another month or so when more of the leaves fall off that you're really going to want to do that heavy pruning, but you are calling it exactly the right time and starting to think about it at the right time. So I'll email you that here when the show is over, okay? Okay, I appreciate it. I, I appreciate you. Thank you. Did, did you get a good production this year? You got a lot of blueberries? Yeah, I had a lot of blueberries on on the good production. I think all this rain really helped. Oh, it did. And I'm telling you, the longer you leave them on the plant, they're going to get sweeter and sweeter as long as you can just beat the birds out to them. So thank you so much for the call, Joseph. And last, Leanne in Loganville. Good morning, Leanne. Oh, Leanne in Loganville. You know what Leanne in Loganville wanted to say? And this is not even a joke. DeMarco says, and I quote, Leanne is calling to say you are appreciated. Awesome job. So that sounds way worse coming out of my mouth than Leanne's. But thank you for that, Leanne. Thank you very much. And if you had a question, just hit me up on the Facebook page on Green and Growing WSB, and we will continue the conversation there. I've had a lot of fun this Saturday morning. Thank you for all the great calls. Justin, our producer, is getting right to work putting up the um, on-demand of the podcast of all three hours of the show. In case there's anything you missed, we talked about succulents and azaleas and gardenias and mosquitoes in the first hour with Walter Reeves. So all of that will be on wsbradio.com under On Demand or even on Spotify and Google Play. My show is there too. So I'm sad to leave you. It's 9 o'clock, but Dave Baker's already knocking the door down with the Home Fix-It show coming up from 9 to noon. Thank you, be well, and I'll talk to you Monday morning in Triple Team Traffic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.